Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I like to categorize the miracles. As I I look in the Bible and, you know, I I begin to compartmentalize the miracles. Now, I'm not trying to do it with all of them, but I just... Maybe this will help you because it did help me in understanding, so I'll share it with you. And, and the categories of miracles, I broke them down into. The first one uh, was to supply. God did a miracle, the working of miracles, to supply people. You remember Jesus? And there were 5,000 men plus children and women, and they needed to be fed but there was only five loaves and two fish. And one of his disciples said, what's that among so many? And wouldn't you agree? What's that going to do? Just, you know, make everybody mad and the ones in the front get trampled because the others are trying to get to it? No. God wanted to supply. The working of miracles comes many times to bring a supply to God's people. And then, you know, then there was another time Jesus did the same thing. And there it was 4,000 people. And he had the loaves and fishes again, fish again. And God broke it and blessed it. And it fed the multitude and they took up 12 baskets full. Leftover. Is that not a working of miracles? But you see what I'm saying? That was to supply God's people. And it was a working of a a miracle that had a specific point there that God wanted to minister to His people. So when we need supply, it's all right to believe for the working of miracles. When we see people that need supply, it's good To be in a position to know that God can work a miracle for the people. Can you say amen? Amen. You remember um, Elijah and the widow woman? Azarephath, you remember that? And he supplied her. Give me the cake. Make me the pancake. I'm hungry, the prophet said. But see, really what he was trying to do is he knew God wanted to get the supply to that woman and her son. Because the Bible said there was many widows, but he wanted to bring to that widow a supply. And he did just that, didn't he? Because she obeyed the prophet. And a working of a miracle happened. And she had plenty. Amen? Now, as I think about categories, another category is deliverance. The working of miracle, miracles can bring deliverance. Everybody say deliverance. deliverance. I just told you the story of Moses and the children of Israel. They got delivered by the working of miracles. That's what happened. And the people escaped Pharaoh's army. You know, we can escape the devil's army too. And God can bring a deliverance into our life and it can come through the working of miracles. There's many ways deliverance can come and we know that, but one of them that I want you to think about is this working of miracles. It is real. It, it can happen today. 
God wants to manifest this gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You remember Jesus walks on the water to get to his disciples that are in trouble. You remember they're afraid in the ship. He walks on the water and he delivers them. That was the, you know, of course that ties in with it, you know, too, that uh, the forces of nature, God worked against the, you know, the law of nature here too, doesn't it? Well, wouldn't you think somebody walking on the water, that's, you know, not what you naturally do, is it? But Jesus brought deliverance. Then another thing when you think about a category for a miracle is judgment. Now think about that. We, we, don't, we don't really look at that, but Ananias and Sapphira, what happened to them? There was a miracle and they dropped dead. That was a working of miracles there. You remember Elimaeus, I think was his name, the sorcerer? And you, you remember, you know, he was spoken to because he was trying to keep the deputy from being born again. And he was spoken to and he said, you're going to be blind for a season. Now, I don't know how long that season is, but I sure wouldn't want that, would you? In other words, there was a working of a miracle that happened. He could see and then he couldn't see. And it got him out of the way for the deputy to receive the Lord. A working of a miracle. You know, sometimes I'm going to tell you something. Some people get so obstinate and want to get right in the face of God's people about, you know, things that they're doing for the work of the Lord. It's like, hmm, the days of Ananias and Sapphira and the days of that kind of... Boy, wouldn't that be something? You'll be blind for a season in Jesus' name. Out of the way. I bet he'll think, the, you know, the next time before he did anything like that, don't you think? Hopefully, I don't know, he could have been like Pharaoh and hardened his heart, but let's hope he didn't. We might get to see him in heaven. I don't know. Do you? <laughs> you think about Korah and Dothan and Abiram. You remember they withstood Moses. They rebelled against Moses, against the leadership. We're going to do it my way. Who do you think you are, Moses? Why do you think, you know, that God has made you somebody special? Yes. Yes, he did. And, and God's leaders and his anointed, we need to be careful of things like that. Some people are just so hasty to speak against God's Anointed. We need to be careful with that. I'm not saying that we condone sin and just let people get by because I don't believe that. But we don't need to just, you know, speak out things, you know, when we don't know what we're talking about. See, a lot of times we're just ignorant. Well, if I was them, I'd do. You, you don't know what you do because you don't have any knowledge of what's going on in the situation. Don't you know that that's what Korah was saying? Well, if I was Moses, I'd do this. And Moses spoke and he said, okay, all of you all, all you families that are around them, if you don't want to be judged with them when this miracle hits, you better separate yourself. And what happened? Some of them did. 
Some of them did separate themselves. But anybody that was there, what happened? A miracle, a working of a miracle happened. And the earth opened up. And they went down into the pit, the Bible said. And it closed back up. Well, that's judgment. It is, just like Ananias and Sapphira. And you know... That, that's not one that we just want to camp out on, is it? But it's still, we need to see it, don't you think? If we're looking at all these things, don't you want to see it? Maybe it'll help us behave ourselves. And then the fourth category, when you look at uh, miracles, is um, overruling nature. And I've already talked just a little bit about that. You remember Jesus spoke to the wind? You remember that? He was in the ship asleep. And the disciples, again, were afraid. And he, he just woke up. He said, okay, guys, it's going to be all right. He said, peace, be still. And a miracle happened. And nature obeyed. He overruled. The miracle overruled the nature. And things settled down. And they were able to go on. And so we can see these categories when it comes to miracles. Amen. So we're talking about the working of miracles. And if you turn in the Old Testament, which I'm not going to take time to turn you there right now, you'll begin to see that uh, there's Samson there. Now, we, you know, we, we hear about Samson, uh, you know, we're little children. We hear the story of Samson. I believe that Samson is a type of the church. I really do. I, I believe Samson was full of strength and power, and I believe that that's what God has for the church, power and strength, miraculous ability. I really believe that. And, you know, and he messed around and he did wrong things with it, and sometimes that's what the church does. That, that happens inside the church. But he came back and he had more power than ever, and so that's encouraging for us, isn't it? But you remember that... Samson was out there, and I think it was probably like a thousand men, and he slew them with the jawbone of the ass, the Bible says. He killed them with that. That's a miracle. Who could do that? You know, we see these Japanese things, this wah all this stuff, and we think one man can take out everybody. Well, wah the Holy Spirit will get you. <laughs> oh. You know what I'm talking about. You see all the, you know, the Japanese. So. I just had to make sure. You know, we see Elijah and the prophets of Baal. That was a miracle that happened on that mount. It was a miracle. And the prophets of Baal were there. And Elijah was there. And Elijah thought he was all alone, that no one else was serving the Lord but him. Sometimes that's the way we get, isn't it? We all feel that way. Nobody but me, Lord. I'm all alone. But there were others. And God told him that. He said, you're not alone. I've got others here that are, are fervent and they're, they're serving me. And so Elijah goes up on that mountain and, you know, the sacrifices put out there, you know. And at the time of the evening sacrifice... The Bible says after Elijah got everything ready. You know the time, the time of the evening sacrifice, you know what that means? That's the time when the presence of God came down into the place. And that's when Elijah got the sacrifice ready for the Lord to come down in His power. And you see, you know, the prophets of Baal, they've been out there all day screaming and yelling and cutting themselves. Uh, but, and, and, and it got to the point where Elijah started making fun of them. 
well, why don't you scream a little louder, boys? Maybe your God will hear you. Because God, God was a part of Elijah, and Elijah knew that God was going to do a miracle that day. There was going to be a working of a miracle. And so the time of the evening sacrifice came, and the Spirit of God came down. And the Bible said that Elijah had gotten that sacrifice. He had poured out the water in the trenches, got everything ready. And the Spirit of God came down and took that sacrifice. And the prophets of Baal were slain there that day. God did a miracle upon that mount. And He can do a miracle upon your mountain too. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to wind down here and just tell you just a few more things. But if you turn your Bible to Acts 8 and 5 and 6, you don't need to do it unless you just want to. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. But it talks about Philip. And Philip preached the Word of God. But, but it was so interesting because Philip was one of those people who God said... I want you to choose out a deacon. I want you to choose out the deacons who will wait on the tables and take care of the people while the ministers go preach or, or go study the Word and pray. And so Philip was one of those people that waited upon the table. See, I told you, God wants to use everybody. Come on. Come on. That's good. And so Philip went out in the book of Acts uh, chapter number 8, and he began to preach the Word. And God worked miracles through His hands. So He'll work miracles through our hands too. You see, if you don't expect it, if you don't desire it, it's not going to happen most likely. But if you do, it can happen. And that's exciting, isn't it? Amen. Now... Turn your, your Bible to Matthew uh, chapter number 11. I've mainly just told you about the Scriptures tonight rather than turning you and because there's so many things that, that I wanted to say and get my points across to you. And let's look at verse number 5. This is talking um, about Jesus' ministry. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. You remember how I told you about the preaching of the gospel and all the miracle signs and wonders, how that was tied together? Here's another good example. Now, I want to take just a moment here, and if, you, if you're familiar with the ministry of Jesus when He was upon the earth, the Bible said He raised the dead. Now, can anybody think of someone that Jesus raised from the dead, that miracle-working power was at work in Him? Lazarus. That's the first one that always comes to me when I think about that, and it was Lazarus. Lazarus. And he was raised from the dead by Jesus Christ. He had been in the grave for a period of days. But you see, that did not stop God, did it? It did not stop God. And you see, that's as the Spirit wills and when the working of miracles. See, I believe we need to know that. It's obvious that that doesn't happen all the time. I would love to see it more. Wouldn't you? 
I really would. But it doesn't happen all the time. But we do know that the working of miracles is possible and available to the Christian that will manifest this working of miracles and they can see the dead raised. Now, I was reading this story about William Branham. How many of you know about him? Uh, you know, if you know anything about the healing revival and all that, you know, in the 50s, 60s and that kind of thing, you know, his name is very prominent. And he evidently was not a real educated man, but that didn't matter to God. That didn't matter. Because he was so anointed by God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowed through his life. He was in Finland and he was with several preachers. And they were driving down the road and the car in front of them, see they were in one car, then the car in front of them had, um, there were two young boys that were walking across the road and the car hit them, knocked one of them up. Um, onto the sidewalk, and the uh, and uh, so the person that hit him got out and got one of the young boys in the car and was taking him, you know, to get to get help and treatment. He was alive, but obviously very hurt. And then the second young boy, William Brannan, and his party that was with him picked up that young boy and brought him into the car and, and you know, wanted to help him and see what they could do. And so they, they checked his pulse, and he didn't have a pulse. They checked his heart. They checked to see if there was any breath. They couldn't find anything, and it appeared that he was dead. He was dead. And so Branham took that young boy in his arms, and he just began to pray. And he said, Lord... Let the breath of life come back into this child. And there was a working of a miracle. And that boy, right there in his arms, opened his eyes and began to talk. And see, that was a working of a miracle. That, that's, a, that's a modern day. That's not just reading what happened back then, but that is something that happened and that's one instance. And, you know, if you, if you read about the ministers of God, and, and there are ministers today that can tell you those kinds of things that are real and they happen, but that is a working of miracles that takes place. It's available. Amen? It's available for us. And the Bible says in John 14 that the works that Jesus did will we do? And it goes on to say greater works, but I, I, I want to just zero in on the works that Jesus did, shall we do? And so the miracle working power, the things that we saw in Jesus' life that I've shared all these miracles tonight with you, what Jesus did, and, you know, what other apostles did, what the, you know, the prophets and the people in the Old Testament did. These are all cases of miracles. Just to tell you, God wants to bring His miracle working power to the earth. More specifically, He wants to bring it right here where we are. We need to be available. We can't make it happen, but we need to be available as the Spirit wills, to move and flow in the supernatural. The world is looking for the supernatural and they're dabbling in things that they shouldn't, that are demonic. And all the time, God has the real thing. 
Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.